There's a new excitement in the air. I don't know if y'all can feel a different vibe today. It's because, Riley, I've taken your spot, haven't I? At least on the podcast. I mean, I did offer it, to be fair. It's not like this is Game of Thrones <laughs> and you beat me in an arm wrestling competition. Welcome to Spit Talk. This is the second official episode of the oh, third. I'm sorry. The third official episode. We had one last week. I was not here for that one. I had to do work stuff. This is your second official. My second official. And the third altogether. That. You're already the host. I'm, I move fast. I really do. My name is Reed Graff. I'm one of the, the assistant sports directors here. Of course, Riley Chestnut to my right joining me. Brendan Snow going to be doing some St. Marcus football here with me in a few weeks. Straight along across me and Peyton Hill to my left. One of the new guys doing a great job so far. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of stuff has happened in the past week. Um, but let's, of course, let's start. This is a Texas State podcast. Let's start with Texas State football. Of course, looking, coming up here pretty quick, August, no, September 1st is our first game. They're going to be taking on the Rutgers Scarlet Knights game week one. I wanted to start off this podcast by diving more into that matchup, guys. Looking a little bit more at what we're going to see from the Scarlet Knights, what went wrong in their season because they weren't exactly a super powerful team a year ago either. And, and the thing, I, I, as I did in my research, there's a lot of similarities between the Rutgers Scarlet Knights and the Texas State Bobcats, both teams coming off of pretty rough years. Rutgers went 4-8 and eight last year. Of course, we were 2-10. and 10. They were a little bit better. Both teams are very young. And here's the, here's the crazy part. When you look at the two teams' scouting reports for Rutgers, defense should be solid. Offense is a question mark. It sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it? Like most teams in the Big Ten. Yeah, seems fair. I'd, I'd agree on that. Uh, if it makes you feel any better about Texas State's passing numbers, you know what their best passer's completion percentage was last year for Rutgers, Reed? I can't imagine it'd be great the way you're setting this up. Uh, <laughs> let's see. The, the highest one was 54.89%. At least Damien got five digits on him, and the highest total touchdown passes, three for one person. So it's not looking bright, of course. Their uh, team threw seven touchdown passes altogether last year. The thing is about the Rutgers Scarlet Knights is they're supposed to have a solid defense this year. They're supposed to have a good, pretty good uh, up front. They're going to be tough to run the ball on, which might be an issue for the Bobcats because as we've talked about before on this podcast is that they need to establish the run to set it up for their young quarterbacks, the Bobcats do. So maybe not the best matchup, of course. Um, Rutgers had a really big win last year. Their biggest win was over Maryland, who at the time was ranked a 31-24 victory. You don't but, have to tell me. They but other Texas. than that, <laughs> other than that, they didn't have a whole lot going for them. I've been look, kind of keeping up with them in their camp. Of course, some of the rumors, some of the whispers coming out of their camp. True freshman Isaiah Pacheco has looked really good for them. Apparently, he's making a lot of great catches, making some things happen at the running back position. They've had some injuries along the offensive line so far early, but for the most part, they have a, they're replacing a lot of their offensive line. And the thing I'm noticing, guys, as I go through this, at every position there seems to be a true freshman in some kind of battle in some form or another, whether it's to start, whether it's to try to be the number two. So another thing that we're going to see a very young two teams take each other on here on September 1st. Yeah, it's going to be great, I think, for Texas State, being that they start their year off against a Big Ten team, even though it is one of the lower Big Ten teams in Rutgers, who's only been there for so long, naturally, but it's no Ohio State, that's for sure. Well, no. No. Or Florida State. We took them on a few years ago to start the season. Mm -hmm. so Or Houston. I and remember I, that and, one. And I have to say, it's definitely winnable. I couldn't find any... Vegas odds or over-unders on I'll this be, game. I, I bet we're still, based off record, going to be At least the 20 points, right? At least 20 points mm -hmm. or so. I couldn't find the. I was trying to find some so I could pull that up. Uh, 
but I really couldn't find any. I, I, I personally think this is a very winnable game for the Bobcats, and it's a statement game. Because mm-hmm. one of the things I had to think about, and I have it in my notes, uh, here's, here, here's what I wrote. I said, if they win this game, what does that say about the team going into 2018? Before y'all answer that, I want y'all to answer the second question first, because this is a little <laughs> bit more pressing. If they lose this game, and there's a decent chance they will, right? I mean, we're Bobcat yeah. fans. Is it fair for us or just Bobcat fans in general to go ahead and expect more of the same for the rest of the season? Or is it a, oh, this is just a rough game, shake it off? Like, if you're a Bobcat fan keeping up with this game in Rutgers, it is an away game, and they lose, whether it's by 30 points, whether it's by three, is it fair to to assume we're in for more of the same? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say no, because you said – right there, whether it's 30 points or three points, that's going to play a big role to me. If we're in there and we're competitive, we're losing, you know, late game situations, we're looking, you know, good on both sides of the ball and we, you know, the ball just bounces the wrong way on us or maybe they just make one more extra play, I'm not going to be too upset because I'm not fully expecting to go in thinking, you know, we're going to beat Rutgers. Yes, I think there is a chance. Let's go I'm bowling. Not, I'm, I'm not feeling great <laughs> <laughs> about beating Rutgers. So I was, you know, we're going to see the team be competitive because like we said, that's, that's kind of a tough environment. You're on the road. It's a uh, 12 o'clock game there, 11 o'clock game here. So, you know, first game of the season. Your biological clock gets changed up a little bit. You're across the country, a new area you haven't been. You're playing Rutgers in their first game of the season. Who, Rutgers, I think they're going to be shooting hard to win that game because the, a week after that, they go to Ohio State and they don't expect to win that they game. They have a mad tough schedule. And, and so. then the week after that, they go to Kansas. So, they might be trying to, you know, take that Texas State game, go accept the Ohio State loss, go take the Kansas game, and try to start their season 2 and 1. Okay, yeah, I think that's fair. Again, I'm not going to hype up Kansas like there's some incredible <laughs> yeah. program, even though they did uh, beat Texas. They've two looked years a ago. lot better recently. They have Te- to uh, let's Texas give let's give props to the Jayhawks. They're improving. Mm-hmm. Eh, whatever. They have some pretty cool helmets. It's, At it, least give them that. It's okay, the, it's yeah. The end of that schedule. We got pretty cool helmets too. We do. We Texas I mean, State can look pretty fly when they want to. Going back to this Rutgers thing, they also play Penn State and Michigan this coming season as well. So that's already. Three games of theirs that are just like a top well, fifteen he, or top uh, ten he, team automatically. He, he, yes. He, here's our last five games. I'll cry. I saw this on my schedule. Versus Northwestern State at Wisconsin <laughs> versus Michigan versus Penn State at Michigan State. Oh my god, it's pretty rough. <laughs> Wisconsin. You know, and the thing too. is, Rutgers has had some good teams in the past. They really have. Uh, but what I'm what I'm looking for in this first game, honestly, guys, because uh, I still think Texas State. We talked about this all the time on Bobcat Radio, Riley. You you and I did. Uh, is a three-year window mm, when yeah. whether Withers first took over. This is his third year here. The question is, did that those three years start his first year when he was dealing with all of Franch's leftover players, Franchionis, or is this his true second year, second year with his players? And if you're looking at it in that perspective, we're still one year away from really competing, right? But if you're looking at it as this is his third year, make or break, I think this is a big game to decide how the season's going to go. Personally, I really don't care if we want to lose the game. I want to see us move the ball on this defense. Because like I, like I said, Rutgers is a solid defense. We need to at least have an idea who our quarterback's going to be at some point in this game. I want to see them circulated, right? And we're, we're going to get to the quarterbacks in a minute. I want to talk about that. Because I learned something very interesting recently about a guy that y'all, we've never talked about. But um, I think seeing what Willie Jones – because obviously Willie Jones is more than likely going to start. Bear in mind, he doesn't get hurt in, you know, one of these scrimmages that they're having. Here's one this weekend. Uh, and then you have to think the Gibson, Jalen Gibson, is the number two guy. 
and then Tyler Vitt number three. That's the last depth chart we've seen. I could definitely see Tyler Vitt maybe even take the number two spot because of how talented he is. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously he's bigger than the other two quarterbacks. I think Jones might be an inch taller, but Vitt's bigger. Yeah. I yeah. think so. And he's probably got a bigger arm because Vitt's got a cannon arm. That's kind of what makes him makes him famous. But uh yeah, so personally I just want to see them the offense be at least consistent and productive. Yeah, I want to see better red zone scoring. That was a big problem Absolutely. last year. And it could still very much be. This team, it has a year of experience under its belt, but it's learning situational football for the first time. Like the first two years sure. have been about learning attitude, how to go at each play, how to how to give the other guy your best effort and then get back up and do it again. For now sure. they're going to be learning what plays are we going to run when we get into this situation? What are we going to do when we're in the red zone? Because last year... They didn't look like they knew how to do a whole lot. And no, and one of the d- disappointing, biggest disappointments for me last year, uh, personally, you just mentioned red zone, how we struggled. You have probably one of the top three tight ends in the Sunbelt Conference, and you very rarely went to him near the red zone. That's dumb. I mean, Gabe Schrade, had he put up bigger numbers, would have got some done. NFL recognition, oh, yeah. right? But he never put up great numbers, and so by the time when it came time, he was a for, team guy. Exactly, and uh, he did his he did, did a great job. He was a team leader, uh, but at the same time, he could have been your Rob Gronk, you know, near the end zone. He wasn't the six five, but he was that type of target. Um, I mean, six two. He was a big guy. Good. He yeah. was he was plenty plenty of target. Uh, but I want to see some of these you know, some of these wide receivers, some of the new guys that aren't getting redshirted, get some because Blake Argon, he's a track star, six foot four. And ran like a four six. Goodness. That's the type of guy. Even if he only gets five snaps a game, it's I want like those five Randy snaps Moss to be in the red there. zone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I want to see us mix it up near the red zone. I also think we can run it behind Brewer and that O line make make some noise happen there. Uh, but he, I want to move on to the quarterback position a little bit more. Touch on this more. I think since Tyler Jones left, and let me phrase this very very uh, perfectly. Tyler Jones was no stud. He was a good quarterback, but he wasn't. He was a good passer. He was a pretty good quarterback. He struggled the last few years because of his offensive line, but we don't need to get into that. Co- co- he change. still passed. Yeah, he's, we don't we don't need to get into that. But he still passed for over sixty percent his last two years. One of the biggest issues for Texas State the past few years where they've really struggled is finding that quarterback. Damian Williams came in last year and at times looked brilliant, but ninety percent of the time was no better than the freshmen he that were sitting on the bench behind him. So. He was only playing because of seniority, right? Yeah. And trying to teach these younger guys. I personally would have loved to see Willie Jones thrown in the fire and said, learn, kid. I mean, what what you got to lose? He at least got one game under his belt. He did, and he played somewhat decent. He I, showed some flashes. 18. Showed some flashes. Good runner. He led, the lead. he led the team in rushing yards that game. But here's what I learned recently about one of the recruits from last year. Of course, you always hear about Tyler Vitt, our, one of our big-time recruits. He's the number four guy in our class last year. Um at a MacArthur High School in San Antonio, Texas, 6'1", 202, actually 6'2", now listed on the roster. And we always talk about him maybe being a guy that could get some playing time. Maybe I, what I've realized recently is maybe we have a little bit more depth than we initially thought. Because when I was, I was watching some tape from the spring camp recently, and I saw some pictures from camp, and there's this monster of a quarterback sitting in the fourth-string spot named DJ Bolger, 6'3", 205, at a Hyde Park Baptist High School, Austin, Texas, Pretty interesting guy. Listen to some of his stats. He completed 115 of 207 passes for 1,700 yards and 16 touchdowns as a senior. He also ran for almost 600 yards on 94 carries. He was recruited by Colorado, Kansas, SMU, UTSA. So those aren't names to spit at, whether he got offers or not. You don't hear 
names like that associated to Willie Jones or, you know, Jalen Gibson. So that's pretty interesting to me. And the fact that we've never even heard of this guy, come on, show some depth, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. I agree with you on that. I'm happy to see that they're starting to fill out the bodies that they need to get on this roster. Of course, every time we get to talk with Coach Withers or he talks with anybody, he always talks about how he's still a few scholarships away from having a full roster and that they're still not very deep and they're working on it. So you think two years ago, DJ Bulger's maybe your backup quarterback and not your fourth string? Maybe. maybe. starter. Maybe. I, I, I've talked maybe. about Tyler Jones' senior year, probably. Cause probably. I, I, I feel bad. I forgot their names. The two quarterbacks that are backing them up aren't even on the team anymore. Connor Prince. Mm-hmm. Prince. And uh, White. Eddie something? Eddie White? Or Eddie Prince. I think we're proving our point, though. <laughs> we have no idea who these guys were. Yeah, exactly. And now you have guys who have... have been recruited by you know American Athletic Conference teams and Big 12 teams so on your roster I think that shows improvement in general Uh, one more thing I want to touch on staying on the recruiting end I saw a video this past week Riley and I sent this to all you guys I saw another one too and I can't wait to tell you about it but go ahead about no name I don't want to call him no name but he's at the very bottom of the class Seth Cayuette Cayuette Here's the interesting thing. First off, before I get into why we're talking about him, he was signed as a two-star defensive end, now playing tight end, six foot three, uh, two hundred thirty, two hundred and thirty-pound guy. Showed some athleticism in this video. The video that I saw was posted by one of the head, one of the assistant coaches for the Bobcats. Uh, there was a they were doing passing drills where the where the pass rushers trying to get to the dummy, aka the quarterback, and the blocker, Cayuette uh, in this instance was supposed to stop them. And Cayouette, with just a th- simple block punch, levels the dude. I mean, puts him on his butt, lays the guy out. I haven't seen that kind of physicality from the Bobcats, period, from an offensive player in two or three years. 230 pounds, 6'4". 6'3". 6'3". 6'3", but probably growing. He put the yeah. man to sleep. He put him down. And he's a tight end, though. Yeah, yeah. Good so nice. he blocked him out very, very well. well. And uh, speaking of tight ends... We have got our grad transfer, Keenan Brown. They released another video from spring practice where he ran a killer cut route up the middle, runs about 10 yards out, out of his assignment, one-on-one matchup right there, gives him the little dance, cuts back in, wide open, breaks the ankles of his D-back, and gets the pass easy. So I'd say the tight ends are looking a lot better than I would have given them credit for. Well, let's hope they uh, use them better than they did last year. So. Well, I think I right, think they could. Yeah, right they there, could, you, like, you like that pairing right there. You could have... Uh, Cayuette. Cayuette come in and be your blocking guy, and then mm-hmm. uh, Keenan Brown come in and be the receiver kind of guy. You can go to a lot of t- two tight end sets if you want to, if you want to start implementing that. You know, it gives you a lot of versatility with that kind of depth and lets you do what you want when you have. You could also throw him outside on the slot. Uh, just as like Keenan Brown, absolutely. Yeah. He, he played uh, uh, receiver in high school. Mm-hmm. And you take the after effects of seeing guys that can perform or make moves like that, those, those, break, those make or break plays. Like Cayouette leveling a dude, putting him to bed like he's a disappointed dad sending his kid to sleep without dinner. <laughs> and then you have been Keenan there. Brown. Yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> I didn't want to eat steak when I was a kid, so my dad would say, you never leave the table till you eat your food. And I'm like, fine. Don't worry, guy who got leveled. We have no idea who you are, so your identity is safe. Yeah, your your jersey number was blocked. Just by one know that you got We decked. know who you are. We'll find we out. We just won't say. We, we'll find out. And we'll make sure that this tweet is retweeted on KTSW Sports like Twitter account so that y'all can uh, see what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. We'll make sure we get that if we haven't already done that. So make sure we we'll, retweet we'll that. We'll figure it out, yes. But uh, getting back to it, just imagine how excited your quarterback must be to see players <laughs> that can make that kind of play. 
when he looks to his right and sees his tight end just leveling some blitzing safety. And then he sees one of his tight ends take the in route or the up route and then cut back in wide open. And he's like, oh, this is going to be easy. And then, and then he realizes he's got wideouts like uh, Tyler Watts and Caleb Twyford out, on the, the out, on, out on the edges he can go to. Yeah, I think... I think there's no excuse for Texas State quarterbacks this year. Is that is that safe to assume they've, they've got, got good weapons? They've got more year. weapons this year than a quarterback has had at Texas State in quite a long time. Mm-hmm. The thing I, is, is oh my bad, uh, didn't go ahead. cut you off. But um, big part was O line last year, and they have no excuse now because they have three uh, very experienced guys. Yeah, three returning from last year. You have a freshman as your center last yeah. year who is now a sophomore and looked really and really a, good. He was a you have an All American at right guard, Reese yeah. Jordan. Yeah. So there there is no reason that. They shouldn't at least get down the field. Mm-hmm. For okay, sure. I'm not even promising they'll score. They just at least need to get down the field this time. Which leaves you to question, of course, the kicking team. Because, again, Foster Hillborn's still out. And he was the, the primary kicker for field goals mm-hmm. for the team last year. I will say the this. Second half. We should have the advantage on Rutgers in that category. Because Rutgers is looking at a walk-on as their starting punter right now. So. But, I, ha- I mean, kicking and punting are one of those positions that – it's an art. It's an art. Yes. Uh, we had a back in my high school. We had just a dude uh, come from our soccer program. Seen it was a senior year. Never kicked a football in his life. Like was three, he from, three week, three or four weeks. You later. said he's from Australia, didn't? But oh no 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 not no that. he's not from not, Australia. Not, not that guy. It seems like they just assume that all kickers are <laughs> from Australia. No, all punters, real special teams oh, he, well, guys, he's man. A, he's a kicker with long hair, kind of like Peyton's. He, yeah, he or he's a kicker. So you know, like uh, kicking off of a tee. Or, or having someone catch it for a field goal, it's a it's an art. Yeah, it's difficult. But this man, by the third, fourth week, he's kicking 50-yard field goals for our high school football team. And, we're like, you, it is possible to have somebody that can come in from a kicker position. Now, having a random walk-on from to a Timbuktu. defensive. Yeah, or uh, what's the movie uh, Invincible with the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, Vince, Vince Papali. Papali. Yes, sir. Um, Mark Wahlberg. Yes, Mark Marky Wahlberg Mark. walked on to the Philadelphia Mark Eagles. Mark Wahlberg did it, yes. <laughs> Where's his Super Bowl ring? All right. Regardless, yeah, back to the recruiting. Yes. Um, before we before we get on, I know, Brendan, you've been awful quiet. I know you, you're itching to get into some Rattlers football. I want to touch on Texas State soccer, Texas State football. Football. Uh, they're the getting, real football. They're getting ready to kick off here next weekend. And they play. On August yeah. 19th. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they play their first exhibition game this Saturday. Predicted to win the Sunbelt Conference. Am I right on that? Uh, I think they they were predicted second behind South Alabama, mm-hmm. the team that did win last they year. They did win last year. Of course, jumping into that, Texas State finished 10-6-1 last year overall. Dominated in the Sunbelt after starting off a little slow in non-conference play, going 8-2. and two. They do face some challenges, though. They lost their top scorer, Cassie Hormuth, the lost senior. Lost their top two. Top two. Mm-hmm. Didn't. They also lost the uh, senior captain, defender Chandler Cooney, having to replace that. But... I called a couple games last year. They had a lot of young freshmen play a lot of time last year. They're going to be looking to contribute this year as sophomores. And you have the ever-steady Genesis Derman, a junior year, who has the makings of a legitimate star. And we did talk to her earlier today, Riley. Why don't we go ahead and jump to that interview real quick? Our first goal is win a championship, get a ring. But just get closer as a team, uh, dominate, have discipline, and to demonstrate. Uh, that we're the team to beat and that we're the team that everyone says we're out to be. I think that we're all ready just to play. And so we start with the first game, no matter where it is, no matter who we're playing, and we're ready to just go out there and dominate. Welcome back. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation with Genesis Terman. Uh, we're going to get right back into it, talk about some soccer. Of course, we just heard from her. Do you think 
what she said is true and you think that the the uh, Texas State Bobcats soccer team will improve in 2018? I think they've got the capabilities. And uh, Coach Connor, even getting to talk to her, she mentions that Genesis Terman, of course, was stepping up as a leader a lot last year because she knew that eventually that mantle was going to be placed on her. And uh, they sound really, really confident from what me and Mark got to ask them. I mean, Mark's question was simple. Do they feel ready to take on an incarnate word this Saturday on a scale of 1 to 10? Do you, what do you think Genesis Terman's answer was? 11. Obviously, you're right. Bingo. It was 11. Mm-hmm. 11, 11, they're ready. They feel good. They've been practicing in this dead heat. And I can't imagine. I can hear them from my house. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're good. Mm-hmm. And they sound confident. They seem like they're, they're absorbing really well. Coach Connor's really impressed with how the freshmen are, are retaining all the information they're learning so quickly. And yeah, this team has still a bunch of good returners. Talk oh, about, yeah. you know, for they, sure, for they sure. Lost a couple we still got our two they, goalies, man. The two goalies, uh, Heather Martin and Catherine Buddy. With Heather Martin, <laughs> just kind of completely took that starting role. Last really year. did. They, they went back and forth. Kind you of and I got to call year. the game where she just kind of you could just, you could just see her blossoming into a really good goalie. Heather Martin took that one over. Uh, four Bobcats selected the preseason All Sun Belt team: Kaylee Davis, Jordan Kondikoff, Heather Martin, and Genesis Terman. All to this uh, preseason team. Kondikoff and uh, I'm sorry, Davis and Martin were both on the 2017 first belt team. And Kondikoff was the second team. So this team's still stacked. They got a lot of good players for returning. Sure. They're feeling good. Going, you know, probably a little, a little sour taste in their mouth after it ended how well really they, quickly last year. How well they, did. Yeah, they ended the season well. Went into the tournament feeling, you know, they had a chance senior day to win the Sun Belt Conference and blew it. They lost that game. Here, you know, at home on senior day, mm-hmm. and then went on to lose in the tournament to Coastal. The very first game versus Coastal. The Coastal, yeah. Mm-hmm. So these guys. So it was gone. It was like a women's basketball the year before last year. Exactly. They want that redemption. So uh, I, if I'm them, well, I'm feeling good about. Especially team with this Incarnate Word, their first game, I'm sure they're itching to actually. They want to get play. back to it. No, oh yeah. yeah. So um, you're, you're right on the money there. They're very I'm itching, excited. I'm itching to get back into things, and I'm not even an That's athlete. True, yeah. Speaking of that, we have. San Marcos Rattler football right around the corner, August 31st. They're going to be hosting the Hayes Rebels, who I've actually talked to them a little bit too. I, I did wrote an article as, for my other job on Brandon Garcia, their all-district starting center. Big guy, 6'3", 285, good center. Four-star? Uh, I don't know what his – I don't think he's a big recruit okay. as far as I know. Uh, but um, they are going to be taking on San Marcos Rattlers here in San Marcos. It's going to be a fun game, and they are ready for the challenge. I talked to two of their assistant coaches, and they're hyped. I told them, Jumon Johnson's a beast, and they said, we're ready for it. Uh, of course, the Rattlers finished 10-2 and last season. They won their district, had a very great year undefeated in district play. Uh, but what a playoff game. Very different-looking mm-hmm. district this year, including opponents like Steele, Smithson Valley, Judson, New Braunfels, Clemens, a lot of uh, state-caliber teams that they're and on their schedule. New Bron- Knights. New Braunfels one of those teams they lost to last year. The Unicorns. Exactly. Aren't they Unicorns? Yeah, that's what to say. <laughs> they're the, the only the team in the country called the Unicorns. So it's they have something unique going place. for us. You're right. And yeah, my, uh, my class, my, my school, Steel, always a, a perennial Steel 6A state for contender. Sure. Home of the Gray Brothers. And uh, uh, Malcolm Brown, and now newly recruited Texas Longhorns uh, D-back Caden Stearns. His brother, Jordan, went on and played for Oklahoma State for a couple of years, so... The program and the school I came from runs really deep with football, even though they haven't been around very long. And then you account for teams like Clemens High School, Judson. They're, they're really going to make it tough for San Marcos to have the success they did last year. Looking at uh, just from the outside uh, and not watching uh, very much Rattler, Rattler football coming into this, 
I can still say and sense that they're going to have a more difficult time this year with uh, their new For setup sure. and their new schedule and their new redistricting. They want the uh, challenge, apparently. Which is good. I mean, going 10-2, and two, you prove that you can take a challenge. So, um, Well, just quick, quick snapshot of what they're looking at this year. According to Dave Campbell's, of course, if you follow high school football at all, you know how uh, – how confident how uh, confident you can take Dave Campbell's stuff. District 26-6A, uh, the top four teams make it to the playoffs. Sam Marcus is currently predicted to finish fifth right out of that. Uh, Judson predicted to win the district. Smithson Valley in second, led by Levi Williams, a quarterback committed to the University of Houston, mm-hmm. four-star guy. Cibolo Steele predicted third, and Clemens is Clemens is fourth with Sam Marcus, followed by New Braunfels, New Braunfels Canyon, and San Antonio East Central. So Sam Marcus is facing, according to Dave Campbell's, some pretty tough odds. They're the odd, the, the odd man out, the very the top one out of the loser bracket, not predicted to make the playoffs. Brittany, what are your thoughts on that? I can get it. At first, it's going to be a little bit of you know an adjustment. The schedule is completely different from last year. Uh, really, I think the only two teams that they played – I think it was three teams actually. They played Can- they played Canyon and New Braunfels both last year. They're playing them both this year, and I believe they played East Central last year. It's a, it was a Saturday game that it, uh, we didn't get the call because Bobcats played instead. But they they're gonna have a lot of moving pieces. Obviously, new district, new quarterback, Prudy Calderon. He's out. He went to Rice uh, to continue his football career there. Cameron Vadreen is supposed to slide in at quarterback. His brother graduated two years ago. He was a big time receiver for the Rattlers then. Vadreen last year, he played a little bit. He was just he was just he was a utility guy in football last year. He played some receiver. He came in through some extra passes from quarterback. He'd get a couple handoffs. So really excited about his athleticism and his playmaking back there. With Jamon Johnson, if he can be as good as you know a little bit, he's not gonna be as good as run as Prudy Calderon because his ability to run with the football was amazing. But if he can just be a little bit of an athlete and keep that triple option or that run pass option that, that Mike Soto likes to run a lot out there, I think they'll still be all right offensively got a lot of returners defensively they got four out of their five offensive line starters returning uh the secondary everyone returning except for demarcus hall the line the only thing that worries me last year their linebacking core kind of carried them it was four seniors they were in a three four it was four seniors starting in the linebacking core so all four of them are gone it's gonna be interesting to see what they do around there but you know i could i can see sam marcus being in that lower end you know maybe a three four spot maybe the five they're, they're gonna be fighting for a playoff spot to the end of the season though yeah, and they have, of course, they have to replace now Bobcat Demarcus Hall at defensive back. But Terrence Soto is a very similar guy, only about 5'9", 150. But he's a very scrappy guy, and I think Ter- I think Coach Soto sees a lot in him. Hopefully, he can re- replicate a lot of what, Der- what Demarcus Hall was able to do in his time in the purple. So we I'm, will see. Yeah, I mean, you you like the challenge that Sam Marcus is posing for itself, and that last year was really the first year they kind of finally arrived, made their name for themselves, and they proved that. This is a really good program they've got going on up here, and it's finally playing to the quality of their press box by itself. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to gush over the press box. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's probably better than Texas State's, in all honesty. 100%. It really is. Yeah, at, at least the uh, at least where the uh, recording or the uh, casting heck occurs. Yeah, and just space-wise, it looks bigger. It, 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 more modern. It's a gorgeous stadium. Only if the Rattlers and the Bobcats could just... Switch. Switch, yeah, yeah. I think that we would be all goody. Yeah. Uh, we would, we could be good enough to get out of the Sun Belt. We could go into the know. Big Twelve. We could be one of. The, we could be the. We, we still got to win first. Well, you're right. Our press but, box ain't going to get us into oh, a I'm new not conference. I'm talking about press box. I'm just talking about team football and in general. Oh uh, yeah, you're like right. If we could just boop, switch roles. Um, Those new video boards are going to be hard to I just mean, like replace, though. 
I mean, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure Texas State would be go undefeated in high school play. In all honesty, <laughs> well, yes. Uh. You stop your mouth. You stop it. You know it. Physically, they would just kill everybody. They probably would kill a few people. Yeah. In all honesty, because reports from practice are they're mean now. They they will go after each other in a competitive sense. Been better than anything that they have seen in the time they've been there. In fact, offensive coordinator Zach Core, who came originally as a Rutgers guy, you're noticing a trend here, right? Like they continue to. They continue to send guys off work. Ever Withers has old footprints, like Tennessee mm-hmm. Titans takes John Stryker. Rutgers is where Coach Coor came from before he joined uh, Withers at, at JMU and now with Texas State. So they love to go back to programs that they're familiar with how they build to make statements and say, we're better now, and we've gone on to bigger and better things, and now we're about to prove it. For me, I know this is kind of taking a step back, but yeah, I, I took did. us off course already. Yeah, I, okay. I know. Okay, uh, I did want to say this earlier though, and it's when we were talking about recruiting and all that. They're gonna get better recruits. They're gonna literally, if they pull off a five-win season, maybe if 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 they pull off six, which is a miracle, but if they do it, if they pull off five and they're close to winning a six to get bowl contention eligibility, if they do that three years, I'll lead the riots if that happens. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> uh, if they just do that like three years in a row where they play mediocre. Then they'll be able to get more better recruits. They'll be able to be taken seriously. And I guarantee you, if they play mediocre in the next ten years, they're gonna be a good football team. Like we could, they could probably get out of the Sun Belt Conference. I think um, with that, the pattern that we're on right now, I think we're a bowl team in three years. In three years, honestly, as long because it's the see, it's been nothing been but an upward up. trend. So. Um, like he's been building it up. What this second year with his players, mm-hmm. third uh, year with the third team. years total, but he's finally getting his niche, finally setting in. Uh, I really think this is that make or break year. I do, I do too. A lot of people do, but at the, I'm I'm more on the this is the Come second up. year this of the three year window. This is the first year that you can, if things aren't going well, warning bells will start. I'll going say this. Off. Very true. I'll say this. If we only win two games and we look as bad as we did a year ago, last year, some people are getting. I'm tired. very concerned. Yeah. But if we win, if we only win two games, but we're in much more competitive games, I don't. We don't lose. By I, st- I still think points. this is a four-win team at minimum. I'm maybe sorry, six but team. if we can't win more than one conference game, if we can't win at least two, I still won't care. Again, what again, the like final I said, is. like I said, this is a four-win team for me at minimum. Five-win, six-win team at best, personally. Uh, if all, everything all comes together just right, six to seven but wins. But if they but do want to change their football program, it starts this year. They've got to make progress. I mean, now. I know they for probably sure, said. Sure. That, I know you probably said this last year if they want to change their football game. It, like, this is the first year. This, year. this year, this year makes a lot more sense, especially yes. you know you're throwing all these young quarterbacks out mm-hmm. there. That's kind of the difference. You had back-to-back years. You had senior quarterbacks starting. Mm-hmm. You had Tyler Jones and you had uh, Damian Williams. So back-to-back seniors. Now you're starting to get your own quarterbacks going. So I'd understand a sophomore year. I, you know, I expect more of that three-four win range. But all of a sudden, if I have Willie Jones who starts all 12 games last year and then he comes back his junior year and he's winning that starting spot and he's improving, then I'm shooting for five, six, you know, wins. Even eight wins. I mean, especially even, you know, Willie Jones. So I, think, wins. I think this year is the year we, we expect to see improvement. We'll blow up the, the campus field. if we win eight games. Oh, I'll go streaking through school. <laughs> someone, someone write that down I and will. keep that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're at the halfway mark. Let's jump into some pro talk. There's a lot of interesting pro talk to get into. Start with some NFL stuff. Because preseason today. Preseason is kicking off quite a bit today. Cowboys. Uh, Browns and the Giants just started. We have some Cowboys ago. talk. Who cares about that? As we all <laughs> yeah, know. Like, why are you telling us that? Because <laughs> I care. 
<laughs> so I actually want to start with this because a good friend of KTSW uh, has his own podcast. Parker Ray. Oh yeah, that has guy. been talking on Facebook, talking and about m- Cole Beasley. Majority, his name. The, the majority of us, of us in here are Dallas Cowboys fans. Parker Ray is a Houston everything fan, and he is convinced that because we don't have decent, amazing wide receivers, we don't have a DeAndre. We're Hopkins, an eight-win team. He's convinced that we're an eight-win team. And my response to him personally is: This is a Dallas Cowboys team that has an up-and-coming quarterback. The Cowboys are an eight-win team. That's he is convinced that's because okay. of their wide receiving core, they are an eight-win team. I that I, is his I only knock on the that. team is he, that they're he, okay. Eight. He's saying cap at eight wins. Yeah, he's saying like, like he's saying at very best. Their number one is Terrence Williams. See, no, their number one's Alan Hearns. Come on now, Alan Hearns. Alan Hearns. Actually, I saw a thing. And, and, and here's, I the thing. here's the thing. He's not. He's not. Well, that's Dak's number one. That's not the team. Well, that's yet. kind of an important number that, one yeah, if your quarterback's yeah. saying this they, guy's well, my yeah, number one. But, but Beasley's not good enough to be put out on the. Beasley's not, not big be, enough. Hey, he's hey. not personally. He's, he's just not a number small, one. Small, quick, and agile. And he's a slot guy. Yeah, he's a perfect slot receiver. Perfect slot receiver. And hey. Who's saying that you can't build teams around good <laughs> slot receivers? Wes Welker. Wes Welker. You're right. But here, here, let me let me get what I was getting at. So this, the Dallas Cowboys, Manu, have <laughs> an up and coming quarterback, top num- second best running back in the league. Anybody gonna argue that? I think if first. he gets over if all it, the if, legal drama, yeah. he could be the best. Could be he, the best. Yeah, I mean, should be the, the only best. guy that's hard, hard to put him over is Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I don't think he's there yet, but he's definitely. Well, Todd there. Gurley. Mm. I, I, put him I think I think I put him I, and Todd Gurley about equals. Le'Veon, yeah, Le'Veon killed Todd in the stats last year, and he missed his first three games. So personally, I still got Todd over him because he's now had two really good years. Okay, top three running back. Thank you. Okay. Okay. That's better. <laughs> one of the best. And if each not, one's a close race. One of, for sure. Uh, Bell's kind of up here. Anyway, one of the best, if not the best, offensive line in football. Right. Seems fair. Yes. Defensive player of the year on the D line. D Marcus Doesn't Lawrence mean a with a lot of talent. Defense, with a lot of talent on the defense. One on the of the smartest line. linebackers when healthy and a difference the maker best, for the Cowboys. Come on, let's the best linebacker in football not named Keekley when he's healthy. Let's give it to Sean Lee. So it's not it's not it's not Sean Lee then, not named Keekley. Sean Sean Lee second best. Is the second best linebacker in the league. Okay. I don't when healthy. And he's been healthy the past when year. When healthy. That's the trick though. When healthy. Jalon Smith is going to have a, his is another young he's guy. He's really good. Van Der Etch is a young-looking linebacker. They have a young, talented linebacking core. We're going to be led by the veteran Lee. They just drafted somebody for their defense. Leighton Van Der Esch. Leighton Van Der Esch, who is yeah. getting rave reviews. I heard he is. I, he really reminded good. me of Luke Keekley when mm-hmm. I see tape of him. They're saying that he is physically like Luke Keekley, but brain-wise like Sean Lee. Yeah, he's, and a, we, he's a monster. And we drafted him because Sounds we like know we have to replace Sean Lee soon. Yeah, he's but a monster. Also, while well, I was worried about that, him physically – He's only played what, it was one season of D1 football. At Boise State? Well, he was Boise only State. a full-time starter one and season. And had back surgery? Had back problems? He never had any kind of surgery. So he has like a like a uh, longer back yeah, or something like that. But he's never had issues with it. But it's just they're just saying, oh, it could become an issue. Which I guess is fair. But if he's never had any issue with it, he's never said he's experienced any kind of pain He was with still it. good enough to be a first-round draft pick. That's and he was the best defensive player in his entire conference by far. The I don't Mountain West. I don't know how. I mean, Boise they State. Maybe another team in the hey. Midwest. Region. Until until they beat it, Oklahoma in the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. You do that not forget like that. That was like in 2005. That Come still on. counts. It was an amazing game. It was. We all saw it. Until but. the injury keeps him off the field, I'm not knocking him for it personally. Mm-hmm. 
Well, moving on to the secondary, you have uh, Byron Jones is moving to corner this year, and the corners they drafted last year already looked really good. Uh, Chidobe. Chidobe. Awuzie yeah. looked really good. Chidobe back outside, they, too. they have some pretty good-looking secondary guys that are just going to keep getting better going into their second year. Anthony Brown. And Anthony the only the Brown only Gordon really Lewis. concern – I'm a big Jeff Heath supporter, personally. He's gotten better in the, in, the, in, the second, in the past defense every single year, and he will light you the hell up. So I love him at the safety position. It's the other one I'm a little worried about. Do you trade for Earl Thomas? Do you keep Xavier Woods? Is, I understand. You know, I'm not going to say, no, don't trade for Earl Thomas, but Xavier Woods can play. Oh, I like him too. I'm I really do. Big Xavier Woods. I'm not fan. a big Earl, uh, Tam- Earl Thomas like, trade. Earl fan. Thomas just does. He does have that like veteran. He really does, and he would know. be a good compliment. He, he would be good the, for the, dude, the dudes won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah no, don't so. get me wrong. I think it'd be a good Very compliment. Good but I don't see the every, I mean, a lot of Doc Cowboys, Cowboys fans I talked to were like, "We need him." And I'm like, "Not really." I mean, did right. you did you watch Woods play last year? He's pretty good. Last thing for the boys, the main thing for the boys. How is Dak going to perform? Personally, that, that's a big part of it. <laughs> personally, l- let me let He's me put the make or break let, point let, if they get to the playoffs. Uh, personally, I still think it's Zeke. I think his play is make or break. Dak is more the the close second. But obviously, the quarterback is still going to have to be the guy mm-hmm. to set your tone. And he's got everything mentally up here. There's nothing wrong with him mentally. He's smart. Ah. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a, he was a, off last year mentally. No, he, 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 was he is a off. he is a mentally mature individual. Which compare that with Zeke's track record. We need more of that. See, I, I think last year the reason he struggled was because he got into his own head, personally. Because if you watch his... Because he was by himself. If you watch his rookie year, he was much more comfortable. He wasn't missing throws. He was much more accurate. And then you get to last year where he had injuries on his own line. He didn't have his best buddy sitting behind him to bail him out when he needed a third and one. So he had to try and throw little slant routes. I would also so have to honestly, say that well, I have to dis- I have to dispute you here. I think last year was a mental block for him. Just like a batter gets a... You know, gets the... Hit, gets the What's it called? A Gosh, slump? Not, not, I was something else Vertigo? I was thinking of, but a slump works. A batter goes into <laughs> a slump, right? I think it was very similar, and he struggled with it for 12 weeks last year. Personally, I think last season— That's a season, little bit more than a cold streak. That's, it was a bad year. That's falling that, into— What? A bad year? He still completed 65% of his passes through 22 touchdowns. He's won 22 games in his first two I years. I would have to say that he missed all, a lot of open throws, though. I would say most Dude, of those open throws. What else were are you going to do when a Dez. the best left tackle in football that's is a, hurt? That's exactly what and I was you're getting dealing at. with. Your blind side getting blitzed every single that's time. That's exactly what I was. You getting have after. the second best running back <laughs> in the NFL out for six weeks, and you're constantly wondering: Is he going to play or not? Is he not going to play or not? You're proving my point, Riley. No, I'm telling you this. <laughs> Hold your horse. Hold it. And then you have the same damn offensive plays run time after time after time after time with barely any time to think about it. What else are you going to do? It wasn't just Wouldn't him. everything you just described affect his mental game, though? It could. Then but that's all I was saying. But you're saying it was a bad year. The dude still threw 22 touchdown passes. It was a bad, year, a bad Cow- year. It was a bad year. And completed over 60% of his It was throws. a bad year for let's, the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, not so much for him. Nobody else was scoring touchdowns last year, though. The Cowboys Except weren't back. scoring much, period, in general. Just because they so. didn't have a running back. That could Again, it wasn't just on him. It was the defense, too. When Sean Lee was out, their defense was one of the worst in the league. Mm-hmm. So it's not just all him. And for all that Dak personally had to deal with, being the quarterback of America's team when he's got Jerry Jones, NFL protests, mm-hmm. Ezekiel Elliott's crap constantly being well, brought last up. Last year was a... Beep show, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, uh, it was drama all the way and, around, and, and he still managed to put out those numbers. I don't think it's him. It, it was, it was like you said, it was a 
bad, you know, it was, it, it, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was a lot of extra stuff going on, a lot of, you know. A lot of unnecessary so, and, drama. And they still went 9-7 and missed the playoffs because. They were a wild card. They missed the playoffs because Des Bryant Second dropped the ball card. on Christmas and Seattle mm-hmm. intercepts it. Mm. I mean, it was that The simple. whole reason, like, that's <laughs> what I was getting at. The whole reason that I think the Cowboys failed wasn't Dak. Dak underperformed, but he performed. With all that he had to go with on. With everything that was going on, he performed better than a lot of other quarterbacks would, let's mm-hmm. be honest. Um, Especially for being just a year two no quarterback. Zeke, and you had Zeke go off uh, two years ago. The whole year, he came in as a uh, rookie and just showed everyone up. Mm-hmm. And, j- and also jumped in the uh, Salvation Army pot. <laughs> and I think that's everybody's favorite thing I was thing so dumb it. that he got in trouble for that. It really was dumb. That was so dumb. I've that was seen funny. Randy Moss and Chad Johnson and all these other crazy people do Way, and the thing is, he, he wouldn't spent. get in trouble this year because they're allowed to do more, you know. Which which is funny, right? Yeah. So do he, does he get money back? Anyway, I'm going to continue. <laughs> uh, Probably not. It's Roger Goodell we're talking about. The whole reason that they missed the playoffs and missed their shot was because Des Bryant can't catch a football as anymore. As well as he used to. He can't separate like he used to be able to. So his separation speed was not as mm-hmm. great as it could be. He refused to take a change in where he's positioned and brought a lot of unnecessary drama off the field, and no matter Christmas how Dak's going to put it, about, uh, against the Chargers. Yes, where he dropped that was Thanksgiving three. Oh. Thanksgiving that one was terrible. He dropped three the Christmas game straight Super passes yeah. to the chest every single time. And then you expect to do that and then not want to take a pay cut? Yeah. Like... And that, that, and that brings me back to the wide receiving core where I was trying to go 10 minutes ago oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> with all of this is uh, do you count the Cowboys out as badly as a lot of people are because they don't have a true number one quotation marks? No, they can, no. Over the past two seasons. How can you? I feel like that might help. Over the past two it seasons. It helps. The Cowboys still have the, the Well, yeah, it helps to have a number football. one. 22 and 10 Ooh. over the last two seasons. That's yeah. The best that's the third best one. record in the National Football League in that span. The third? Third. You know who's uh, obviously first? New England. And Steelers. Yeah, the Steelers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Cowboys had the yeah, third yeah, best was, record over the I'll, last I'll, two years. I was thinking NFC, the best NFC. Uh, oh, yeah. And NFC when I was record. looking at this, I was, when I was uh, debating with Parker on Facebook defending my Cowboys. I went defending and Cole at, Beasley's name. I went and looked at the 2008 Pittsburgh Steelers, Super Bowl champs over the Arizona Cardinals. Heinz Ward. Do you know who they're? Stuck. Heinz Ward. And it's Antonio Holmes. Both Jerome good receivers. Bettis. Both good. Nope. Their number, number one running back was Willie Parker oh. that year. Oh, wait. Oh. Is that the year that he left? I think that might have been Bettis' last year. Last year. Mm-hmm. But he Jerome was like, Bettis, it was his He was last a goal year. line yeah, he, he, guy. He, he went, he went the bus. On, he, on top. The he bus. was a goal line guy. He was he wasn't, the bus. Willie yeah, Parker. he wasn't. Willie Parker was Willie the number Parker. one guy. And he was a solid back, but he wasn't mm-hmm. Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell. What I was getting at, though, was the right receiving core. So Tony Holmes and, and, uh, and Heinz, Heinz Ward. Ward are both good receivers. And Heinz Ward is a Hall of Famer. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. But were they number ones, though? Yes. If you're in the Hall of Fame, I like to think so. <laughs> I guess so. Heinz Ward is definitely a number one receiver. Okay, he, well, he was one of the best at his position, according to a lot of people in his day. And maybe I just think Santonio Holmes is super good just because he went to Ohio State and I was a kid at this point. But I never remembered him being bad. No. All, I mean, personally, all I know Heinz Ward for is that one catch. And I kind of feel bad about that. Holmes. I feel like Heinz Ward is a better Steve Smith. And Santonio Holmes reminds me a lot of Antonio Brown, just not as good. <laughs> I mean, I mean Antonio Brown reminds you of a lot of Antonio Holmes, just better. Yes. Now, <laughs> keep this in mind. Keep this in mind here. Uh, on New England squad, 
Who and if they're healthy, who is their best receiver? Well, see, it's hard to count them Not because good. they have Tom Brady. Like, I know it's hard to make the argument I know, using. But them. keep in mind, there's a little bit of a comparison I can pull here from Prescott and Brady. Did Brandon Cooks leave? Yes. Yeah. He's in L.A. now. Then I don't know. Now, here's, here's one thing that gives me – I'm, oh, yeah. I'm not saying Prescott's Tom Brady. I'm never going to. But keep in mind, he's already broken one of Brady's records. Most passes to start a career without an interception. There's a little bit of difference. They're both accurate for their position. Yeah. Um, and Prescott's more mobile, obviously. So when know, you Brady make the comparison, who's the best receiver on New England's start? Edelman. Who's, who's a really good receiver when yeah. he's healthy? And uh, how big is he? He's like five, five, five ten. ten. Okay, so that's about a a two centimeter diff a two centimeter five two, two inch inches. difference. Yeah. Yes, I don't know centimeters. We're not in Europe, <laughs> but that's a if your best receiver, it doesn't really matter. Five, ten. Yeah, it doesn't matter what size they can bring if they can get open and catch the ball. I would which also Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley does do. better than anybody in the league. Can catch better than Cole Beasley. I'm sorry. What I'm did you sorry. see that Who behind the back catch Edelman he, uh, Beasley yes, made last year? I Come on now, it. give him credit. Look, you look like him. How are you dogging on Beasley? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it is one catch. Okay, and let's not. All Odell ever made was one catch. Let's not forget how accurate Dak is. Yes. no, it's not. But <laughs> it right. makes me but fun to make that mind, statement. Odell only had one. Cole catch. Beasley for his what he needs to do is really good at what he does. Get open in the middle, yeah. make the catch and run. Yes. Well, here I think I tried to make this point last week. Look at all the past, the past few Super Bowl winners. Uh, you don't need a superstar receiver. No, no. The Eagles won it. The best receiver, Alshon Jeffrey. He was a free agent last and year. He was pretty a good receiver. He's a really good a, receiver. But he had a couple down years. He was a free agent for a while, and the Eagles were able to get him on a one year deal. To be fair, Nelson Aguilar is starting to look really good, but he's another five foot nine guy. The, the, mm-hmm. the year before that, who blew the Super Bowl? Uh, Julio Jones. Julio Jones was the best receiver on that field. He was supposed to be star studded with Matty Ice, and they just plummeted to the ground. What was it? 28? 28 to 3 was their lead. It was, was the largest lead, lead was, overcome ever but in I get the what Super you're Bowl. What was the Super Bowl before that? Freaking Peyton Brady. Manning was throwing to the shell of Eric Decker. Demarius Thomas. <laughs> no, Demarius Thomas <laughs> and Emmanuel Give Demarius Thomas' credit. No. Demarius Thomas is good. Sanders but Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas are a good he, wide receiver he, core. He, he's not in that tier he's one. Like, yeah, he's right below it, though. What, Sanders? Thomas. Thomas. Oh, Keep Thomas. in mind, uh, yeah. when he was getting the most press, who was throwing to him? When he was at his very best, getting the most press as Demarius Pay- Thomas. Thank Oz- you. Oh, yeah. second best, say arguably. Osweiler was there for a lot of that. Yeah, so, gotta give my man. Sudden, gotta give my man Brock the Rock some credit. And all of a sudden, he's back in Denver, and I now he's gonna be Case Keenum's backup. And all of a sudden, you don't hear about Demarius Thomas anymore when Brock Osweiler was. Yeah, he hasn't been as good the past few years. Okay, don't need superstars. We have crazy predictions that you wanted to do for NFL. Yeah, let's let's jump through that real quick. We have plenty of Y'all time. Y'all just do want to do like do one crazy prediction. Well, well, let's get let's and get. Final through. note in defense of Cole Beasley's name, he's led the Cowboys over the last two years in receiving yards, including in 2016 when they won 13 games. He had more receiving yards than Dez, obviously because Dez was hurt. Dez is a scrub. Yeah, Dez is Dez hasn't been himself for three years. Probably. I know, but still. No slander on Cole Beasley. That man has led the team in ru- in receiving oh, yards. So, as no, your prediction no for NFL MVP, here. Cole Beasley, then? Pardon. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question? Is your prediction for NFL MVP Cole Beasley then? No. Let's do. Let's go ahead and go around the table. Offensive who's, player of the year. Who's your NFL MVP winner, Riley? Uh, well, looking at the the way it's it's paired up right now. Just right and wrong answer here. Yeah, NFL MVP. Obviously, if Tom Brady continues to do what Tom Brady does, he's always in the running. Mm-hmm. What I'm thinking though, if I'm gonna base it off of an NFC picture, I think 
Carson Wentz comes back healthy, he will Stays get that MVP what? that he was destined to win last he, year. And I love Carson Wentz too. He's, he's high. Really good. He, he's I so like good. Wentz. He's high on my predictions as well. Yeah. I was on the Wentz wagon for a bit, but man, Nick Foles is just Nick Foles is not the starting quarterback. I'm no, sorry. You're he right, is, but he is, is the true value. He is the true <laughs> value version of a backup quarterback. Great value. And again, this was a what, dude he that has the record for the most touchdown passes thrown in a game, and he's the only one that has beaten Brady in a championship. Well, Eli Manning. Uh, Eli's got like some magic. He's got two wins over Brady. <laughs> yeah, he's got the Giants like and the voodoo magic the only working games for him. He can win her against Tom Brady. He's got I the David Tyree special working for him. I mean, what better place to beat Brady than in the Super Bowl? <laughs> That's true. Anyway, uh, I want to yeah. get through this fast. So, so yeah, NFL Carson wins. Brendan. Oh, he's a bad man. As Stephen <laughs> Smith would say. Aaron Rodgers is going to come back and win this oh, MVP. Yeah, I'm one. frightened of Aaron Rodgers. He has Jimmy Graham at tight end now. I don't care if Jordy Nelson left. He's still a Devontae Randall Adams. Cobb's still pretty solid. Yeah, Randall Cobb. He is still good. Aaron Rodgers is going to light up the – It's pretty solid. Do you say NFL Randall tier? Cobb is in that top tier of wide receivers? He's in the Brandon Cooks tier, personally. Do you think Jordy Nelson was in that top no. tier? He's no? a, he's another guy the, that's look, in that the, the, Alshon the, Jeffrey the, range. The, the, the top tier goes Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Odell. DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, DeAndre, I don't. I, I, I put Mike Evans in there before Odell personally. Yeah, see, honestly, I, Odell. That's I think you're crazy. I think he's. Yeah, no. Uh, I think Jarvis Landry's better than Odell. All we know is you can have a. Uh, <laughs> Dude, you Brendan, away, come back. Go look at their don't college leave. highlights and tell me that Jarvis isn't. Do better. you know who I am? I'm an LSU fan. I watch every LSU uh, uh, exactly. game. Exactly. I so, watch them play so every game. So you should know that Jarvis is better. Personally, offensive player of the year: Michael Ditson, punter for Seattle. Oh my God. Go Texas. Oh, MVP. I'm going to either go uh, – Hold for dramatic effect. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Joey Bosa uh, as like a crazy – MVP. MVP. You or know how Joey many Bosa defensive players have won the I mean, MVP, Bosa's right? a stud, but MVP – you think a team, a league that's obsessed with points is going to give it to a defensive You're player? You're right. But my second one, and this is my official one, is going to be – Oh, so the Bosa was just a let's see how they react one. Yeah. Uh, my actual real one is Deshaun Watson. Oh. Ooh. Parker I, will uh, like you a lot. To be honest, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I low-key thought that, but I don't he played, think... How many... He played four games? Seven. Seven games? And he had and 19 touchdowns. Stud. A stud. Like... And it's See, I've got, I apologize. I've but. got Zeke winning it, personally. Mm-hmm. I just think he comes back and tears the league apart. What's he dealing with he now? A lawsuit? A lawsuit now? What? What? What's the lawsuit on Zeke about? And then his dad going and defending <laughs> Urban Meyer? That doesn't look good. Let's just move uh, on past that. Yeah, He's going to win MVP. On. Defensive player of the year. So, Joey Bosa. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'll pick that. That's the defensive MVP. That's the, on, that's the only the MVP. Steelers, I think the Steelers, this is uh, Ben Roethlisberger's last year, I think they're going really far, and I think the only person on their uh, defense that is like, you know, like they've always had one person that is just above the others on their defense, like a Troy Polamalu or yada, yada. Um, I was going to also stay uh, – You know that Joe? Bosa plays for the Chargers, Chargers right? Oh, wait. Who am I – no, I'm thinking of uh, – oh, I apologize. Yeah, let me uh, take a little step back. I'm talking about uh, homeboy's little brother. T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt, yes. <laughs> I mean, they're both white defensive ends. You're so right. I guess so I gotta they wear like up. number 99. So I, hey, I, was, I was thinking you about – color out of this, okay? <laughs> I just, football I got is a, football. A couple months ago, I got a baby Bosa jersey, so uh, I've been thinking about that. Um, no, yes, T.J. Watt is my defensive player of the year. Pick. I see, I'm telling I you. I personally liked your first pick. Bosa, so? Bosa okay, is yeah. three times – I love T.J. Watt. I wanted the Cowboys to draft He's on a good start. But – Joey Bozo's three times the defensive man that TJ Watt's ever going to be. This I'm sorry. Well, let, let's mm. not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. It's only year two for TJ. And Joey Bozo was already in the defensive player of the year running as a rookie. Come on now. Come on now. 
Okay. And he's only going to get better. He's got a better start. He's I got a better start. I can't predict he's a better never, career. He's never had an injury. He has Dude, no injury. careful. Pain. It's didn't football. J- didn't J.J. win Defensive Player of the Year? Well, yeah, like he's won times. three of them. I think T.J. is better than J.J. Oh, okay, interesting. Be careful. I'm being Houstonians might hear you. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm being. I'm <laughs> like. They are, are, they are I'm walking on eggshells right now. You, you tag Parker in this <laughs> so he can hear that. I'm walking on eggshells, but uh, I do think TJ is better. It's going to be better than JJ. Mm. I mean, little brother mentality kind of thing. That's a that's a tough one. To He's going on what his second year, third year, second year. Here's an interesting even to play the year. I want y'all thoughts second. on this. Mm-hmm. Could Jadavion Clowney win that? He's gotten better every year. Yes. He seems to actually have a commitment to the sport of football now. He's healthy. That was a big problem his mm-hmm. first couple of years. He couldn't get and on the field. And last year he was healthy and he was He well, was he the was only shape. healthy dude for the defense last year. <laughs> <laughs> and then their only other healthy player is, is on steroids, health. Brian Cushing. Imagine uh, – well, he's gone now. Yeah, he's gone now. Yeah. Houston had such a bad year last year. Yeah, well, Injury that's what lines. happens when you when you lose Deshaun Watson, am I right? And get all okay. your players get uh, Let's move on to this one. Rookie of the year. Oh, perfect. Rookie of the year. Oh man! Go this way, yeah. Baker Mayfield. Wait, did nice. Brendan did Brendan give his defensive player of the year award? I did not. Who's oh. your defensive player of the year? I, I was thinking for a while. I have to think more about it. Hurry up, Jalen Ramsey. There we go. Okay, very nice. That's a good That's pick. Fair. That's, That's pretty good. Pretty really Saxon. It's very yeah, safe, but it's pretty good. Saxon. You're probably right. I still <laughs> think they're gonna have the best defense this year coming up. Okay, rookie of the year. I'm going Baker Mayfield. Apparently, he's been throwing bullets at That's camp. Two thumbs Looking up. really good, especially if the Cow- the Cleveland somehow signs Dez. Oh my God, that receiving core is cheating. I don't see how they, they have. They I don't went see from how the worst receiving court to yeah. the best. Receiving and it sounds court. like Baker is tearing Wait, it up. Didn't y'all just call Dez a scrub? How does he make them the best? He gives them. Okay, he's a scrub. He's not a number one, but he can. But he's like he's like a number three. You just said he couldn't catch. He would be a number three receiver. <laughs> what is this hypocrisy? He did okay. say sometimes. Give him credit. Sometimes, just now. Yes, and that's not good enough. You saw that. Okay, well, the thing about Dez going to Cleveland. <laughs> The thing about Des going what? to Cleveland is he doesn't have to be a number one or a number two or he's a number three. Gonna you know he's going to want to be one though. That could that's be the issue. problem. He's going to want. I did see a report like saying he's not answering Cleveland's calls anymore. Uh, yeah, yeah. and then right, right after that he tweeted saying he'd be down with Cleveland, and now he's roasting people on Twitter. Yeah, I, <laughs> personally, I think <laughs> he should just like retire Des, and become like a social media mogul. He'll be just fine. He's entertaining. <laughs> that's what Chad Johnson does. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Chad Johnson. <laughs> he just Chad plays Johnson. people in FIFA for money these days. That's <laughs> all he does. <laughs> really really amazing, though. Uh, That's all he needs to do. It, yeah, because, I mean, he's very good at it. Oh, uh, Rookie of the Year. Wait, you go. Wait, did you go? No, go. Okay. Oh, uh, me. Go for it. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to think about that one. You go ahead. Okay. Denzel Ward. Mm. I'd like it. Chooses the other Cleveland Browns. The other, yeah. I mean, they had the first what first pick. In the, the one that was one number four. Yeah. The one that was expected to go at his spot. Barkley. Baker wasn't expected to be number one. Barkley, you're gonna go with Saquon. Oh sa- no. Oh, you're thinking? Uh, uh, oh, ju- hey, just reference. Darnold in Saquon's Darnold. first uh, carry just now playing the Browns. It was first carry of his career. One carry, thirty nine yards. Thirty nine. Yeah. <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> Christ. Give him so It's the Browns. Giants might want to. Anybody wants to. Hey, hey, hey! Keep in mind, it's the Browns. The Browns actually have a decent defense, dude. And Give them credit. I know. Jamie Collins. You remember Miles last Garrett? year how they went undefeated in the preseason? They had the preseason champion shirts made, and then they went zero <laughs> and sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> no. That of course, if you make preseason champion shirts, you deserve to go zero and sixteen. You deserve it. Yes. Yeah, I think they got like witchcraft put on them for that. Exactly. They they got the curse of Art Modell okay. on their backs. Yes, let's yes. move it because I do want to talk some baseball still. Oh. Okay, uh, what I'm was it? Rookie of the year. Yeah. Rookie of the year. Uh, Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say Sam. I Donald, thought you were going to come over this table. Michael Dixon's hunter <laughs> for Seattle. 
<laughs> okay, but no lie, I'm probably gonna go with mm, yeah, Sam Darnold, New York Jets. Actually, uh, no, 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 wait, I just changed my pick. I changed it. Josh mm. Rosen might not start. What's his name? Oh, Rosen. Se- Seattle running back, Rashad Penny. First okay. round pick from. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Sh- no one expected him to be a first round pick. They took him in the first round from San Diego. It's uh, I mean, Rosen's gonna start. Let's just be honest. But yeah, but yeah, that's okay. Super Bowl champs. Let's get through with this. Get through this one quick. Oh me. The Browns. <laughs> 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 they go shoot, 16 and 0. Oh, yeah, shoot yeah. the moon, why don't you? Buddy? Can you imagine that? 16 and 0, they go from being the the first team to lose a whole season and win the whole season. That'd be great. That'd be amazing. But uh personally, I think it's I think the Eagles still have a very good chance to do it again. Yeah, it's kind of my pick Eagles, although it's and I hard hate saying that. It's hard to count out the New England. I'm sorry. How do you count the New England Patriots? Could we expect maybe Especially a after losing that? I'm I going know. I'm going New England. I think Belichick lost his juice. I think his his defensive coordinator lost his. Peyton, I'm already becoming to love you for your just fiery hot takes. That I, make, I love fiery hot <laughs> that takes. That make no sense. Kind of gets you and off. Parker are uh, gonna get along great. <laughs> you know, until you mentioned that JJ uh, Watt's worse than his brother. <laughs> I say, yeah, I say, uh, might have to just cut that part out. Green Bay or no, New Orleans? Green Bay or New Orleans? Ooh, Ooh. Oh, so you're high on Green Bay this year. He likes Bay, dude, Aaron Rodgers. He's gonna come back with a fiery vengeance. He, I believe it. Okay, uh, how about how about this wild card here? I know you want to talk baseball, but coach of the year, coach of the year, coach of the year. Oh, I was gonna NFL. say uh, Steelers. Uh, it's the guy Steelers with the Rams. Uh, 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 Sean McVay. Yeah, he, he literally plays quarterback for them. I'm going <laughs> he, Sean. Payton. He changes the plays at the line of scrimmage. Hey, you leave Jared Goff <laughs> out of this, okay? That man could be the new MVP. Rams are another team that could possibly make a Super Bowl run. They They're could. getting they Their got Marcus Peters for like last year. a banana. I mean, and keep the lead. <laughs> like they're gonna be pretty they good. They got into Dominic okay. Sue. Let's let's touch on some uh, touch on some MLB. We probably have about ten more minutes before we will cut this. Uh, so first to start off, I'm an Astros guy. You give me control of the show. We're going Houston first. Astros have their entire team on the DL right now. Let me, let me go: Correa, Altuve, Springer, McCullers. And McCann. Riley, do you feel bad? I don't. I don't really. <laughs> Everybody's on the DL. No, I'm good. Well, and the reason the reason I, I want to talk about this because they I, get paid millions. I'm okay. Yeah. Can the can I'm not trying to get pity for the players. I want to ask: Can the Oakland Athletics, who were the hottest team in baseball right now, catch the Astros? Now, here's how I'm going to dispute. Before y'all say anything, Houston is still winning games. Took two out of three from LA, and then they 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 just played really well. I don't think how you. They're still winning games, even without half their, their three best players aren't on the field, and they're still somehow winning games. I still think that the Astros are at least able to keep the Oakland Athletics at two or three games back before yeah. they get reinforcements and get their guys back. I think you're right. I do. I don't have a problem admitting it. Whatever. But, uh, yeah, y'all seem to be doing just fine. I have decided to pull back on my Rangers hate lately. <laughs> Thank you. I feel you. bad. I just feel, now, bad for, I just feel bad for you guys. Why? Anyway. Roof Neto Door just won back to back AL Player of the Week awards. I'm good. Y'all are still like 40 games back. Yeah, but, but, but so, Reed, when that, uh, think back in your shoes a couple years ago when the Astros were bad. Did you never see anything positive <laughs> well, out see, of them? See, Was see, everything just they're bad, they're bad, they're here, bad? No, here, that player's not good, they're bad. No. Here's why I feel bad for the Rangers the farm system's terrible. There's like, there's just, when the difference is when Houston was losing 100 games a season, they had the Best farm system in baseball. Now, when they started, I'm talking like 2012, 2013. Mm. And by the time, you know, now look at the Rangers right now. They're in their second year of not being so good. They have no farm system. They're not even in the top 20 rankings. Uh, I saw some. I saw them 15, 16. Bleacher Report. Really? Yeah. They've gone up uh, since they made the it, trades. It was after the trades. Yeah. But still, a team that bad should be in the top, at least top 10. They're not that bad though compared <laughs> to a lot of other teams. 
They're not as bad as the Kansas City Royals. Look at these rankings. And even on this pace, they're still not going to be like Houston bad at their worst. They're not going to lose 100-plus games. The are terrible. The Baltimore Orioles are trash. And they actually have a good farm system, though. They've made a lot of smart trades, finally. Playing the Yanks right now. Real quick. Who are on a terrible streak. They really are? Here's the thing for Oakland. Because Boston broke their spirit. This is how their season ends. Three games against Texas, three against Baltimore, three against Tampa, then the Angels, then the Twins, then Seattle, and the Angels again. They have a really weak last month. That's all in September. That does scare me a little bit. Where do they stand <laughs> in their conference? But at the same time, I, I still don't think the Oakland catches. I love the Oakland A's. I love what they've done with their roster. I still, I just don't think it's been the they, same thing for the last no way, 15 there's, years. There's no way they sustain what they're doing right now. Saw them beat the Dodgers last night. Even with that schedule. Because y'all are going to love this. Houston Astros are a World Series repeating they're leading the division they got swept by texas right so that made me feel the, good the <laughs> best teams can lose you know at any time so I, I find it hard to believe that even with the weaker schedule the a's sustain this for so long they very well could and i could eat my words but i just don't see it happening it wouldn't right be now. the first time they've gone on a big streak 2002 I mean, yeah, on one right now 2002 20 straight games and of anyway. course that used to be the record until cleveland busted it last year yep so this segues into my next question. The Rangers still have some trade pieces going into next year, going into the offseason. You guys are big Rangers fans. Is it time to hit the rebuild button? I think full? they already are, but they're still just competing. I will say the Cole Hamels trade, I enjoy, I liked that trade. I, I think too. Even if it was just to get rid of the salary. I, I like the Keone trade. But I, I, liked, I, I love Keone, yeah. but they got a good Keone? return. No, uh, I know Cole Hamels. Oh, yeah, of course. He's he was my, a Philly guy. He's my stepdad's uh, cousin. Really? We're just <laughs> learning this? Oh, my bad. <laughs> Come on. Apologies. <laughs> you couldn't have told us this before he became trash? He lives in Brownwood. Oh. Or did. Okay, Maybe not trash. Probably. I take that back. Sorry, Cole. He was terrible at home, which a lot of pitchers on our staff yeah. are. But when he was on the road. Hitter. It's a hitter's ballpark. Oh, yeah. and It's a microwave. It, he everything was, carries He was there. good at Kansas City for a while, wasn't he? Philly. Cole's played in Philly. You must be thinking of Jason Hamill. <laughs> No, I don't think so. Jason Hamels used Wait, to pitch for Kansas City. Uh, Cole Hamels. Do you Cole not Hamels, know your no. own stepfather's cousin? <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's a weird relation. But uh, uh, no, I swear. Okay. You got to find this out. I think he played for Kansas City's Farm League maybe then. Okay. Because this was a couple years ago. This was like five years ago. I maybe he was I on a rehab stint. I think you're off. Like right after. Cole's been a major league off. starter. Jason Hamels is a guy that's gone back and forth. Look at this picture. I think y'all would like that a lot. Um. <laughs> Gross. That's uh, VR. But the the uh, he's plays for the uh, Orioles now. Actually, just got traded from Milwaukee yeah. too. That's when he played for Houston. Okay, here's another interesting one to kind of finish things up. Right. Uh, we've been hearing nonstop. You turn on any network and you hear Yankees, Yankees, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton. They've I don't been know. overly I've heard hyped. About them I've heard Boston, Boston, Boston. That's because that's what I'm getting at. The Red Sox dominated New York last week. Made a statement. To be fair, they've dominated a whole lot of teams. Yes, but the thing everyone's been talking about how New York is the is the team to beat, right? And then Red Sox comes in, hitting hella home runs, punches New York in the face, and says, "Nah, we're the big dogs." And the groin. They they hit them everywhere. I mean, they first they beat them by like twenty runs. Gave them a purple nerf. And then the next day they walked off on them. The Red Sox on a comeback walked all over the Yankees, and I think. Honestly, there's no as a, the Astros are trying to make a World Series run again. No team scares me more right now than the Boston Red Sox. Those guys have the pitching, they have the bullpen, they have the power. They can hit in any park. They really have to think about. It. They have three MVP candidates right now. They really do. <laughs> they have JD Martinez, Mookie. Mookie, and Chris Sale. Like they're, I just they're the three-headed monster right now. Now naturally, they don't like giving pitchers MVP awards. But we've seen it done recently. 
because they've got kind of their own. But hey, Verlander, Kershaw. They've Last year at the same time of the year, people were talking, Sports Illustrated released an article saying the LA Dodgers, best team ever. Possibly. How'd that end up for them? So, well, they still played the last game of the year. Yeah. They did. And that's pretty good. But they lost it. How does the best oh, team ever yeah. lose that game? That's why there was a question mark there. That's why I'm, that's what I'm getting at, though. So uh, the, while the Red Sox may, and they look right now, they're the best, they're the best in baseball right now. I don't think you can question that. Uh, I don't think, personally, I don't think you can say, oh, yep, they won it quite yet. Because once you get to postseason baseball, it's a whole other monster, and you never know what's going to happen. Oh, so I got I figured out who it was. Who? Oh, okay. Uh, Shelby Miller, pitcher for oh. the Diamondbacks. That's a big difference. That's a huge difference. My bad. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I, I think you I let just, me down, Blue. Man, I just came into this uh, podcast today, and I guess my mind was in a different place. Um, you're killing me, Smalls. Yeah, I'm just terrible with names. I don't know what it is, and obviously my baseball knowledge is a little bit. Uh, to be Smaller. fair, Shelby Miller hasn't been exactly a hot name in the last. Came up as seasons. a top prospect. Well, yeah, and he was saying. good up until last year in Arizona. I'll never forgive Arizona. They traded Dansby Swanson for him. I love Dansby Swanson. That well, dude is smooth. I'm sure he loves Atlanta, <laughs> right? <laughs> smooth. Meanwhile, yeah, give credit. If he any hit much yet, but if any out. team so, uh, in the National League can make a run to the World Series, I'd legitimately think the Braves could do it. For sure, they're a fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. I still am disappointed they didn't get Beltre, but. Uh, it is what it is. He wanted right. to stay, and I appreciate that. All right, guys. I think that's going to wrap it up for us today. I enjoy you guys joining me today to spit talk some Texas State athletics and everything else. Uh, of course, you. this <laughs> podcast will be going live Friday at noon. And then from now on, it's going to be coming out on Fridays. So make sure you join us. We're going to Noon. High noon, look, exactly. Look, look, look schedules. Look previews of San Marcos football in the season. San Marcos football. football in the weekend. We're, we're, we're moving. Nice preview show. Yeah, exactly. We're moving to Friday so that we can preview a little more, uh, especially because when we, even when you get into you know football, a lot of times there's Monday night football. We want to be able to preview Monday night football, stuff like that. Thursday night football recaps. Exactly. Da-da-da. We want to be able to do a little bit of everything. Joe gonna, Buck. So uh, make sure you tune in every Friday, hopefully coming out at noon. You'll be listening to the Texas State Spit Talk. Thanks, everybody.